0: Fran fam, what's going on? Listen, before we start this podcast episode, I have a very, very small favor to ask of each and every single one of you guys. I appreciate the support that all of you have been showing for the podcast up until this point, but we want to try and get these episodes out to as many people as possible. And how we do that on the audio side is by leaving a review and dropping a five-star rating. So if you've been a consistent listener of the pod, please, before we get this episode started, it only takes a couple of seconds, leave a review. It could be a two-word, three-word, four-word review, or just leave a rating, do something to get the word out so that we can get the Marvin Francois show to more listeners moving forward. Outside of that, love you guys. Appreciate the support, but without further ado, let's get into this episode.
1: Essentially, I jumped into trucking. Trucking was hot. You know, it was a popular, you know, everybody, oh, trucking is. you can make all this money in trucking and different things like that, man. So I jumped into trucking um, and, you know, lost my shirt. Right. Lost my shirt. I lost some money. I lost about a one hundred thousand in funding that I had to, uh, you know, climb myself out of. Right. As far as like being over leveraged with utilization. Right. So most people, that's a lot of money. Right. That's a lot of money to have to climb yourself out of. And most people, you know, would be put in a situation where they would have to file bankruptcy or, you know, all these different solutions to get that debt up under them. Uh, from under them, but, uh, but yeah, you know, I landed on my feet, um, and found out that the best way to get out is up, right? You got to, now you got to work double time for that investment that failed. So my point is y'all worst case scenario. You have to always think about the worst case scenario in every investment that you make, right? You want to make sure that you have the ability to debt service that debt, because again, Credit is all about relationships. So I never want to burn, you know, the lenders that I, you know, used to go start this other investment and it didn't work out. I never want to necessarily burn those people. So primarily you just have to, you know, make sure that you have the ability to debt service it in a worst case scenario standpoint, no matter the situation.
0: Listen, If you're an entrepreneur struggling to get funding because of your bad credit, then this video is for you. You see, I understand that when banks deny businesses for funding, they're not just denying businesses the capital they need, but they're also denying business owners the resources that they need to build the business of their dreams. And as a business owner, I've seen this happen over and over and over and over again, but I want you to know that there's a solution. Because here at Takeoff Financial, we've helped countless entrepreneurs just like you go from having poor personal credit and not being able to access funding to having perfect personal credit that they were able to leverage to access five to six figures in funding, and we want you to be the next one. So click the link above or below this video to secure your free consultation, and we'll see you on the other side of success, family. Ladies and gentlemen, this is The Marvin Francois Show. Your number one source for all things business, finance, and investing. And today huh, is a very special day because our guest today is a business funding expert extraordinaire. As of today, he has helped countless entrepreneurs do well over $30 million in business funding, educated the masses on how to leverage credit to increase their income, and provided free value information to help business owners access unlimited amounts of capital through platforms like Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And today, He's here to do more of the same. Ladies and gentlemen from Cincinnati, Ohio, I am here with the one. The only, my guy, Mr. Solomon Woods. What's going on, family? How are you?
1: What's up? What's up? I'm doing phenomenal. Thanks so much for having me.
0: Most definitely, man. I'm extremely excited to bring you on here. You know, for my audience, I I only, I only bring on the best of the best in any capacity that I want to talk about. I don't care if I'm talking real estate, trucking, e-commerce, consulting, but when I'm talking business funding, I got to bring on heavy hitters. I got to bring people on that's true to this and not new to this. And I said, listen, man, I got to bring my guy solo on to give my people the game. So definitely looking forward to providing as much value as we possibly can on this episode. My brother definitely know it's going to be one filled with immense amounts of game. Uh, But before we do that, for those who aren't familiar, let's get them familiar. Talk to the individuals who are watching this episode right now. Let them know who
1: exactly is Solomon Woods. So. Thanks. Thanks so much. So my name is Solomon Woods. Um, I'm originally from Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, I would say Chicago raised me, man. I spent 10 years in Chicago. And um, that's the reason why I'm here where I am. Uh, It opened up my mindset. It took me from the small town mindset to, you know, big city, big city dreaming, big city, you know, sky's the limit type of mindset. Um, But yeah, I've, I've been through all type of different things learning this information, you know, uh, about three, three and a half years ago at this point, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I was, I was going through the mud like a lot of us, you know, financially during the pandemic. And from there, you know, I cracked the code. I found what was right in front of us the whole time, but helped me kind of soar, which was learning the credit game, um, specifically with funding to, you know, be able to develop my skills and actually help me create cash flow you know, by using other people's money. So, um, I feel like that's, that's what everybody needs to do. Everybody needs to learn. It's unfortunate that people don't, um, teach it in high school, right. You don't learn it in high school, but it's the key. It's the key y'all OPM. So that's, okay. that's a little short, short thing.
0: I love it. OPM, brother, leveraging other people's money. You know, that's the name of the game. And I know that's the name of the game. And it has been game changing for the both of us. And hopefully it will be for a lot of the people who are watching this episode that have not yet started leveraging it. Now, want to take a couple steps back. I'm an entrepreneur. You're an entrepreneur. I'm sure my venture into this world of business was much different than yours was. How exactly did you get started as an entrepreneur? Like what was your transition into this space?
1: So I started entrepreneurship in 2017, Mm -hmm. right? I left my job. uh, I was working at Nordstrom. I was a assistant manager in Nordstrom and men's sportswear. I had spent like maybe six or seven years at Nordstrom, a young man trying to figure it out, right? Mm -hmm. And Nordstrom actually um, helped me get to Chicago. I got a promotion, got to Chicago in 2017, you know, um, I don't know, man, I was having like just a weird gut feeling every day when i went to work right Mm -hmm. like like knowing like in the pit of my stomach like i'm not supposed to be here right you know i need to try something new i need to get out of this you know i just was feeling stuck in a Mm -hmm. bad position and you know they say trust your gut and and i did and you know essentially in 2017 i discovered the gig economy you know side hustles uber um i was doing amazon um Amazon delivery right out of my car, (laughs) transitioning that way. And, you know, essentially I was using that vehicle, the gig economy to get myself into real estate, which I did, you know, eventually get into real estate. Um, and you know, that I would say that was primarily like my main transition from, you know, work and seeing other opportunities, not even realizing that you can make money outside of a nine to five. Like that's how, Far, my blinders were on I weren't, wasn't exposed to you know, other opportunities to make money out of the nine- to five until I heard about the gig economy and started you know dibbling, dabbling and um, you know, getting out there. so that was my intro to entrepreneurship.
0: Got you. So essentially making that transition from Nordstrom, you get to that point that all of us at entrepreneurs got got to you know in our last nine to five job and just knowing that there's more right? There's this glass ceiling above us. We're doing all right. We're able to, you know, make some money, take a little trip here and there, but there's more, right? That's out there for us. And it's just not in this nine to five that we're working on a day to day. In your case, you trusted your gut. You took that next step, dove into the world of entrepreneurship. You're jumping all around, you know, in this gig economy space. How do you now stumble across business funding? How do you stumble into OPM?
1: So again, in, um, during the pandemic, right march 2020 a couple things happened right uh not only was the world outside you know falling apart right folks mm-hmm. were walking around with all type of crazy gidgets and gadgets in the grocery stores trying to cover up from you know what we didn't know about was you know the uh coronavirus so um during the, the pandemic at the start of the pandemic all my income was connected to outside right i was doing wholesaling real estate and I was still doing the gig economy work on the side to make ends meet until my, you know, real estate would take off. Right. Right. And at that point um, in March 2020, outside got cut off from me, which my income streams went with it. Right. At that point, I was looking for other opportunities to make money just in general. And the only way you could make money if you didn't, unless you had a nine to five job, where you can work remote, was to find online hustles, online, you know, uh, streams of income. And what's funny is during the pandemic, you remember when everybody was going crazy over the toilet paper facts? Yeah. Like people were like buying toilet paper, like left and right. And all this stuff. I started a toilet paper flipping business, right? I was one of those guys that was, (laughs) I was one of those guys that was, you know, uh, price gouging toilet paper. Right. So we're out there paying, you know, $30 for a $5 roll of toilet paper. And I was cashing in until eBay shoved me down. Right. But at that point though, I made like two or three grand in like two days or something. I'm like, holy crap. I need to figure out this online stuff. And at that point, you know, it really opened up my mind. Like, yo, like I have to online is where it's at. right? Right. If you're not making money online, some way, shape or form, you're literally like wasting your time because we spend so much time connected to our phones and you know right. the internet and different things like that. So that really the pandemic was the time that really opened up my eye. A Couple months later, you know, baby on the way. Um in March 2020, that's when I found out I had a baby on the way too, during that financial, you know, issues that I was going through. And primarily I just ran across an ad, right? I heard about credit. Um, I had my first introduction to credit when, um, you know, Jay Morrison and Will Roundtree were doing their, their tour back in like 2017. Um, that was the first time anybody told me that you could use credit to like buy assets and different things like that. Right. But, right. It, but in 2020, it clicked again, like, okay, you, you have some skills with wholesale and real estate, but why aren't you making money? Because you're missing out, you don't have money. So how do you get money, right? Let's figure out this credit thing. Ran across an ad. Somebody was talking about leveraging credit. Jumped in the program, you know, and um, jumped into the webinar. Started learning. Like, okay, okay, this is a great mentor. Getting some game, getting some gems from him. Jumped into a program, and then the rest is history. So, so literally, it just happened by chance. You know, it's a saying that says, "When the student is ready, the teacher will appear." And indeed, it did.
0: Indeed, it did. Indeed, it did. And now fast forward from then up until now, man, you have had uh, tremendous success in the space. But for me, I think what's bigger than that, you know, it's easy for you to do it for yourself. It's a whole other different level when you're able to put people in position to take the information you've been able to get from your experience so they can go out and do the same. Talk a little bit now with you having the years of experience in the space, having this success in space you've been able to have, some of the results that individuals who you've you've mentored individuals that you've put in position to learn about the power of business funding have been able to do themselves
1: for sure man um it's a it's a lot man so (laughs) i would say i would say my top uh my top student that funded themselves to date is right around five hundred thousand. right it was two lenders um that we went through one of them required bank statements one of them were like based off of stated income so we got 200 from the stated income mm-hmm. lender and then 300 from the 90 day bank statement lender um for a total of 500 my 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 um my guy ram and as far as outside of like people funding themselves cuz I teach people not only how to fund themselves but to start a funding consultant company helping other people get access to capital mm-hmm. uh I'm excited, man. My student Moon, she just joined um, at the beginning of the year. She just joined my program at the beginning of the year. To date, she's generated an extra hundred and thirty, literally one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. in commissions earned. You know, following the script, following the blueprint. You know, and going to build the business like I encourage everybody to do. So, um, I would say that's been like a crazy story. Of course, right. I've had other people that may like. 30 something thousand in a week or 70. I had one lady make 75 can a week, but to go from like scratch to like six figure month was like insane, man. So it's, it's been a blessing to be able to, you know, really help people at a high level.
0: A thousand percent. And I think the biggest thing for me, when I think about just why business credit is so powerful, you literally can go from zero to a hundred thousand and up. in in a matter of seconds if you understand how to properly put yourself and put your business in position to get access to that kind of capital, right? We're both in the same space, so you know it. If you ask the average person, hey, how long would it take for you to save $50,000, $100,000, $250,000? Some people will never see that kind of capital at one time in their bank account ever. ever. But if you understand the game of OPM like you and I understand it, and you put yourself in position, you're able to get access to those kind of funds in a matter matter of seconds, over and over and over and over and over. It's literally a cheat code, right? For sure. So that's why I love having individuals like yourself come on because it's like we get to really unpack this thing for people that aren't familiar with the world of business funding, but more importantly, for people that are familiar with the world of business funding, we get to take their understanding of it to an entirely different level because there's somebody who's watching this episode right now that is one solo woods gem away from going from fifty k funding to one hundred fifty k funding, and I want to speak. I want to speak to that person. You understand? I want to speak to that person. So, I really want to break this thing down for the people that are watching solo, and, and really take this thing from top to bottom, right? Because you're a business funding specialist. I want to make sure that these people have so much value to where they go back to whoever their mentor was, and like, yo, you're not doing enough. You understand? Right. Can we do that? Can we? Is that is that yeah. all right with you?
1: Let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs>
0: Let, let, let's, let's start this thing up from the top, right? One of the key components that you know about the same way that I know about it when it comes to funding is the personal credit component, right? I don't care who you are. I don't care where you're from. If you really are trying to maximize how much funding you get and can get access to the personal fund, personal credit side of things is also crucial. Talk a little bit about that. What are exactly some of the steps that I need to take when it comes to my personal credit? to put it in a position
1: where I can now leverage it to get access to the funding that I want. For sure. For sure. So I would say many of us specifically folks in our community, you know, the stats are staggering, right. Um, You know, in the African American community, about 42% of people have a credit score under 620. Wow. Right. So for most of us, we weren't taught about the benefit, right? So I think before you can do any of these plays or any strategies, it's a mindset thing, right? Mm -hmm. You have to understand how important, you know, access to capital is in the free enterprise system, right? The government does not tell us, hey, Marvin, you have to go do business credit, business funding, credit repair you didn't wake up and get forced to do that. We have the opportunity to choose any business that we want to, to go in, to learn, to dominate, to grow, to feed our family and generations to come. So folks need to develop a mindset to where they understand that the bank is your partner, right? Right. Too many times we've been kind of locked out of the system, you know, historically for different things, but now we are in a season in you know an era that the bank can literally become your partner if you don't have a rich uncle you don't have a rich family to go get money from you have to understand that a bank is a strong partner to have and to have a strong partnership with the bank we got to clean our credit up first right that's the first thing for a lot of people you may have made mistakes in the past clean that credit up go hit up marv clean that credit up get that situated And Mm -hmm. then in regards to structuring, it's all about relationships, y'all. It's all about relationships. In the game of money, we have to understand that everything is all about relationships. What I always have people do to start understanding this, this lending game, the credit game, the funding game, I just want you to think like a bank, right? That's what I invite you guys to do. Think like a bank. If you ever loan someone money, it's a couple of things that you're going to ask that person before you lend them money marv came up to me and i didn't know marv it's a couple questions i would ask him hey marv you asking for ten thousand dollars from me. you on ten thousand dollar credit card right or more you're asking for ten thousand dollars from me, right from a local just a basic lending standpoint i would ask marv who can vouch for you right who do you know just like a job application who can co-sign, who can refer you, know, you that says that you are a good candidate for this job? You a good candidate for my money, right? So banks look at it the same way. They want to look at their credit profile to see who can vouch for you, how much money this other person, this other entity, this other bank have given you previously to determine how much they're going to give you, right? It's called comparable credit, right? But like I said, if we just think about it like real basic, We understand the first thing is we're going to look for somebody to vouch for Marvin, right second thing we're going to ask about is financials what type of job you got how much money you making you know how much are you looking to borrow right how much have you borrowed from somebody else can you can you show where you're taking care of somebody else if i if i call this person can they say that okay yeah lended marvin five thousand dollars previously and he paid me back early he told me he paid me back in a year He knocked it out in six months, right? Like those type of things, when you start thinking like a bank, the whole uh, lending game kind of starts making common sense, right? You would not lend to someone who doesn't have good credit or good um, social credit, right? Where somebody can vouch for them, right? It's certain things that you wouldn't do. So if you start putting yourself in a bank's shoes, you have to put yourself in a position where... I call it the CEO credit profile, right? Where you walk into a bank and you present yourself as a boss, right? You're looking good. You got your suit on, right? You're looking good and and you're feeling good, right? And you know you ain't getting turned down because of all the things that you've done previously, right? You did the Mm -hmm. groundwork. You you got your uh, credit cleaned up, right? Because the beautiful thing about the system, guys, is that even if you don't do nothing, Right for seven, about seven to ten years. You make a mistake, you don't do nothing, the 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 game starts over. Right? I don't care what state you in, about seven to ten years. If you got a bankruptcy, charge off, about seven to ten years after the date of the last activity, you should be back in the game with a clean slate because the system works on debt. Right. So they're going to encourage everybody to keep on playing the game and keep going into the game. You know, instead of being stopped. I don't know if I answer your question, Marvin. Oh, you, de- oh, you I, definitely I did. A, I went on. You, 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 you,
0: you, you over delivering already. We didn't even get to the business funding side of things. I'm, I'm getting <laughs> excited. And I'm now I'm getting excited. So now watch this. Right. We understand, like you said, we have to be able to think like the bank and understand that when it comes to how where our personal credit should be. Right. We need to be able to understand what what it looks like in this relationship that we're looking to form. Right. So when we talk about the building out of our personal credit profile, one of the things I wanted to kind of touch on and get your opinion on. Where -hmm. do you stand when it comes to things like secured cards? Right. Because when it comes to the building out of personal credit, because for me, I'm not a proponent of it. I know some people who are heavy in the funding space who are other people who have emotional attachments to it, because, you know, when they first got started with building out their personal credit. Um, that was a very key component in them doing so. Where do you stand whenever you're coaching or in- coaching individuals on, you know, once they're forming these relationships and getting their personal credit in order, should they or should they not be using secured cards or secured lines of credit to build their personal credit report?
1: So for me, it depends. The the answer is it depends. Okay. So for me, it depends on how fast the person is trying to move. Right. Many of us, um, you either got, you got two main products, right? Two main banking products to build relationships with. Um, anytime you hear secure, that means that you got to put up your own money, mm-hmm. right? So you either got a secure credit card or secure, a savings secure loan, shared secure loan, a couple different names for a pledge loan. You know, if you go to Navy, different things like that, right? So I, I honestly, I like using... Uh, saving secure loans a lot more than secure credit cards, but the, there is a place for it, right? On the credit report, we have to think in forms of categories, right? In regards to comparable credit, you have to have some sort of high limit personal credit card, $15,000, 20, dollars $25,000 from a no doc perspective for it to translate strongly on the business side right? Mm. So a shortcut to get that is if a person has capital, right? If you got capital, 15,000, 20,000, 25,000, you can go to banks or credit unions like Skyla, You can go to uh, credit unions like NIH. You can go to credit unions like a legacy um, credit union. And essentially, they allow you to put down up to $25,000 on that secure credit card. You pay that for six to 12 months. Now, what happens? You have a a credit card that's unsecured after those six to 12 months of good on time payment history and managing right. it properly. And now you have a comparable uh, product on your profile to where every time you go out and apply, you should be landing higher limit credit cards 15, 20, 25. So I personally, um. I always recommend both, but it depends on the person's capital. If they don't have much capital, you can build yourself up, you know, with uh, pledge loans and and secure savings, secure loans um, strategically. But if you do have capital, do both. That would be my answer. So so I like them. in in most cases, you can if they have the capital, you know, it's a it's a spot in there for them to do so.
0: I love it. I love it. So then from there. Right. We essentially take care of the personal credit side. Our personal credit is exactly where we need for it to be now for us to start taking those actionable steps to get to the ultimate goal, which is really getting the funding we need for our real estate business, our e-commerce business, consulting, logistics, whatever that may be. Once we take care of everything on the personal side, what's the first step, the very first step that we need to take to start getting one step, getting closer to getting access to business funding?
1: So um, after your personal structure, you know, you definitely want to have an uh, entity, Um, Mm -hmm. you know, but even that, you know, you don't always need an entity to get business credit. You can use a strategy called the sole prop strategy, right, where you set yourself up as a sole proprietor. um, You got two directions. You can set up an EIN with that sole proprietorship. Or you can set up a social security number with that sole proprietorship. And then you can go get business credit cards under that sole proprietorship entity, right? So that's one way to attack you know, and jump into the business uh, funding game without having an entity. But you definitely want to get set up an LLC or a corp because you get more capital having an official formation versus having it as a sole prop. Right. So from a person that just wanted, you know, they don't have an LLC right now, Marv, and they want a L, some capital, they can go open up an LLC day one today, but they can also get some capital um, under like a sole prop type of strategy. So I would say, yeah, those are different, two different directions that I was in.
0: Now, one of the things that you just mentioned that actually, first off, that was my first time hearing about the strategy. So I learned something new. That's phenomenal. Secondly, what's interesting about that is you said something which actually was going to segue to my next question, which was, does entity structure affect how much funding we're able to get access to, right? Because like you said, there are a bunch of different entity structures. You have sole proprietorships, you have partnerships, S-corps, C-corps, LLCs and beyond. Everybody knows about LLCs, right? And if your business is doing well enough, you know about an S-corp probably because you've elected to one. From your experience outside of the sole prop realm, when we talk about some of those other entity structures, do they affect, does your entity structure overall affect how much funding you can potentially get access to?
1: Oh, yeah, 100%. 100%. So, in my experience, the best entity structure is actually the corporation, right? Mm. The corporation, C Corp, you know, more specifically, um, with the C Corp, you're is disconnected from the person, right you know it's a true corporation that's separate from the person, and banks from my experience like that separation and it's easier to build business credit you know with those uh with that type of entity structure than it is with others so I personally would recommend that and it's you know it's levels too right, right. so it's always how much capital do you actually need? How much right. capital are you looking for? Right. Because a person um, that only needs 100, 150, 200, 250, anywhere under 500, you're okay with a, with a LLC, right? That can be taxed as a C Corp or just straight up LLC, right? But when you start doing bigger deals, you're doing bigger things just in general, then you may consider a corporation, um, You know, just in general, to be able to get qualified for bigger, bigger uh, amounts of funding.
0: Got you, got you. So we understand that that first step we need to take is getting the entity. We get our entity based off of how much funding we're looking to secure, whether that be an LLC, S corp, whether we want to run the sole prop strategy, right? Mm -hmm. And the entity has now been secured. Now, from there, once we get the entity, one of the things I wanted to talk to you also talk to you about that is very privy to the funding space, bank tiers, right? Could you talk a little bit about, for those who don't know what bank tiers are and why they're so important when it comes to the business funding process?
1: For sure, so um, banks are tiered in about four different tiers. Tier one is your national banks, Chase, Wells Fargo, right? Tier two is typically your small banks that can be your small local banks, Um, And it could be your small national banks like U.S. Bank, BMO Harris, PNC, you know, the ones that cover truest ones that cover like, you know, a bigger geographical area. Mm -hmm. Um, Tier three is going to be your credit unions. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, whether it's national credit unions, local credit unions and tier four is like your, you know, alternative uh, lenders in that space that can be like, you know, your store cards, Elon financials. Um, a lot of, a lot of that stuff can be wrapped up and be trash, you know, at at certain points building the profile, I I primarily, you know, I love when I'm building the profile, I love using credit unions. And the reason being that I love credit unions is they allow you to do what's called double and triple dipping, right? So certain, certain institutions allow you to get two to three products per inquiry right so that allows you to get 50 100 per bureau you know mm-hmm. what i mean on the personal side or business side depending on how you stack it um utilizing those credit unions but i primarily like building i primarily like building up the profile with credit unions personally it's just me personally mm-hmm. but um the second part of your question which was um you know, well, I I actually re-ask it because I I get- Yeah, yeah. so essentially,
0: now now that we understand what bank tiers are, why are they important to the funding process? Why is understanding what bank tiers are important to the funding
1: process? Well, because it kind of gives you many options, right? Let's say, for instance, you know, the average person is going to go out to Chase. The average person is going to go out to Wells Fargo, City the main banks. But after you tap into the main banks, you have to understand, especially on this journey as an entrepreneur, you have to understand what your other options are, right? So many people, I guess, discount and don't really think about small banks or credit unions when they're thinking about funding. But um, traditionally and statistically, um, about 45% of all lending in America is done by small banks, right? So you really, especially on the business side, you really wanna be getting in good with small banks. And then also another statistic, most of the banks that guys are running around yelling, no doc funding, no doc on the business line of credit and you know all this stuff. If you look at the data there, most of them are small banks, right? Most of them are small banks. It's not many, it's a couple, but it's not many of the tier one, you know, banks that are allowing individuals to, you know, get a line of credit and a credit card without um, you know, with little documentation or stated income and different things of that nature. But uh, but yeah, small banks is definitely where it's at just in general. Um, you know, go ahead.
0: No, no, okay, okay. So then now one of the things you mentioned that you love credit unions, right? Mm -hmm. From my experience being in the space and your experience being in the space, those tier two and tier three financial institutions are like hidden gems, right? Mm-hmm. Because like you said, most people are privy to tier ones. Like everybody knows a chase because the chase is av- available in every city, state and zip code, Wells Fargo, Bank of America. I can go on and on and on and on. But those tier two and those tier threes, you know, and I don't are a lot more favorable to entrepreneurs that are looking to get funding because they're in competition with these other banks they have way more lenient underwriting to where if we're only able to get five to ten thousand from chase a pnc a key bank a a, a Truist, right just to name a few right if we want to do credit unions a digital federal credit union and i saw federal credit union. i can go on and on these banks are going to throw us a back 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 which is what we're looking for which is what we want one of the problems that most entrepreneurs may run into though is especially when we talk about those tier twos is The tricky things about those banks is that they're regional, right? Mm -hmm. You know it and I know it. They're only available in certain cities, certain states, certain zip codes. And one of the things I began to learn about are something along called uh, foreign entities, right? When we talk about leveraging those to be able to get access to these banks, could you speak a little bit to that and what exactly foreign entities are and how we could potentially leverage them to get access to some of these tier two financial institutions?
1: So, yeah. So I'm going to answer that question in two parts. Let's do it. Part number one is in regards to foreign entities, um, in in general, foreign entity registration, uh, you're essentially cloning your business from one state to another state, right? That gives the business the ability to conduct business in a new state, which qualifies that business for additional funding in that particular state. So- Mm -hmm. Couple of things that you have to think about, though. You obviously want to know what states to go to um, that are giving out the bag, 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 as you call you it. Go. Right there, you go. You know, um, and then also number two is you have to worry about you know conducting business in that te- in that state, which you know leads to like tax implications and all those states' rules. Um, you know, so one of the websites I like using just for like a little research about the state before I set up a foreign entity registration is NOLO, dot com. Okay. It's like a legal website, you know, from attorneys and stuff. And they kind of just give you some data there on like the do's and don'ts of operating a business in that state, which is important for individuals to understand. Um, but yeah, I, you know foreign entities this this goes into my second part of that question foreign entities are great when you know where you're going but i personally <clears throat> i only use foreign entities in maybe like a second or third fourth round of funding right mm. most people have the ability guys if you go do any data you go to bankbranchlocator right um com right And you look at, you click a state, it's going to tell you on the right-hand side what's the top 10 banks with the most uh, branches in that state, right? Every bank, guys, in your state, right, especially the top 10 banks in your state, is giving out the bag, bag, bag. Yes, sir. Or else they cannot operate. Right. So not everybody necessarily needs, especially for most people, they're only shooting for like 250 or less. You're not going to necessarily need to set up a foreign entity registration. You just have to do a little bit of legwork and go figure out what banks, what credit unions in your area um, statistically are giving out the most promissory notes, because that's what it is, allowing you to get debt, collect debt, Um statistically in that area and just go to them and bank with them some of them may be a uh, relationship based right but you know speak to a business relationship manager and ask questions pick their brain you know and see what you need to do to qualify mm-hmm. for whatever products you're interested in so like like i said you know foreign entity is definitely a tool if you're trying to get yourself 300 500 you know a million dollars or more in credit but not everybody is gonna play in this realm because of two things, right? The business that you create, right? Business, entrepreneurship might look good. Me and Marvin might might be making it look good. You know, definitely, I know it might look good. Entrepreneurship is not easy. It's not an overnight thing, you know, and statistically, most businesses never even hit the seven figure mark in a year, mm-hmm. right? So like, we have to understand, Uh, how much debt you're willing to take on, is it worth it, right? Of course, it's good if you have it revolving and available to use if you need it. But if you're taking out you know, um, like a loan or a product that you have to pay back every month, you have to be strategic, y'all. We don't want you to just get the bag and then fumble the bag because you get over leveraged, which we're seeing like crazy, about three out of five, four out of five people that come to me for funding got high utilization right now. Right. So we're seeing people get over leveraged in this economy. So be strategic with your credit. That's all I'll say. 50%
0: of businesses fail within the first five years, and 38% of those businesses fail due to lack of access to capital. But 100% of business owners who are watching this aren't gonna have that issue because I'm about to teach y'all how to bankroll your business. What's going on, family? My name is Marvin Francois, and back in 2020, I was a new entrepreneur with little to no idea on how I was gonna build my first successful business. But fast forward a couple of years later, I've been able to build multiple successful six-figure businesses by leveraging business credit And today, I wanna give entrepreneurs the game on how they can do the same. So this Thursday, I'm gonna be hosting my free bankroll your business masterclass where I'm gonna teach you how to go from having bad personal credit and little to no business funding to having perfect personal credit and access to a minimum of $50,000 in funding for your business. Spots are going fast and the clock is ticking. So if you haven't already, click the link above or below this video to secure your seat and I'll see y'all on Thursday. Peace. 100% 100% yo, that was very well said and 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 for me that creates a great segue because like you said especially in this social media age that we live in there's so many people that are giving out plays let's call it that right so many different plays and so many different strategies and ways to maximize the amount of funding we get access to but not all plays are created equal not you don't have to run every single play you do not need every single strategy a lot of times Right to your point, people think, okay, I need 18 foreign entities, I need relationships with 50 banks. And you ask me, like, all right, well, how much funding do you need anyways? Like, oh, I need 25k. Family, you don't right. got to do all this if you just need 25k. Like, you do you're doing a lot for a little. You understand? For sure. But th- for sure. But that, but that that is the reality for a lot of business owners. And once again, that's why I want you to be able to I wanted you to be able to come in here and break this down to demystify that. So people understand, like, hey, if you're not looking for a certain amount of capital, you don't got to stretch yourself that thin to be able to find the $50,000, $100,000, even in some cases, $150,000, and it's slightly higher than that. But that's another great segue to another question that I would have for you, which is like, all right, cool. We understand that. From your experience now, when we talk about some of these people that think they need to do a lot more to get access Mm -hmm. to funding than what they actually do, what are some of the other bigger mistakes or biggest mistakes that you see a lot of people, whether they're new in the space of getting access to capital, um, or they have a little bit of time under their belt, maybe even mistakes that you've made, right sure. that you want to make our make the audience wary too, so that they don't make those same mistakes going into this process
1: for sure. The main thing that people need to be really focused on in this economy, um no matter what industry you're in, what you're doing, is your ability to debt service right mm-hmm. and <clears throat> you know twenty twenty two um you know, in uh, 2021, I had my first, you know, great year. I was making money. I was rolling. I'm confident. You know, my ego's up. Oh, solo the to funder, can do anything, right? And, you know, essentially I jumped into trucking. Trucking was hot. You know, it was a popular, you know, everybody, oh, trucking is. You can make all this money in trucking Amen. and different things like that, man. So I jumped into trucking mm-hmm. um, and, you know, lost my shirt right? Lost my shirt. I lost some money. I lost about a hundred thousand, um, in funding that I had to, uh, you know, climb myself out of, right. As far as like being over leveraged with utilization. Right. So most people that's a lot of money, right? That's a lot of money to have to climb yourself out of. And most people, you know, would be put in a situation where they would have to file bankruptcy or, Mm -hmm. you know, all these different solutions to get that debt up under them uh, from under them. But, uh, but yeah, you know, I landed on my feet, um, and found out that the best way to get out is up, right? You got to, now you got to work double time for that investment that failed. So my point is y'all worst case scenario, you have to always think about the worst case scenario in every investment that you make, right? You want to make sure that you have the ability to debt service that debt, because again, credit is all about relationships. So I never want to burn, you know, the lenders that I, you know, use to go start this other investment and it didn't work out. I never want to necessarily burn those people. So primarily you just have to, you know, make sure that you have the ability to debt service it in a worst case scenario standpoint, no matter the situation. And that's something that I had to learn. I was, I was considering moving out the country at one point. I was about to take my family. I was about to take my family, bro. I'm so serious. That's how critical it was, right? I was going to take my family out of the country and we were going to live in Colombia. We were going to live in Colombia. We were going to go to uh, Mexico. We was going to bounce around and stuff, Yo. right? Because I, I still had the ability to make money online, but I was looking to cut expenses, Right. That's another thing like this, me being real and vulnerable and transparent. So I want you guys to think about that on that journey. Like, you know, it was getting real. I wouldn't never would have moved to like Alabama or back to Ohio or somewhere. I was like, man, I'm about to take my family on the road. We're about to go see the world while I'm working through these financial struggles. But again, you know, um, I just kept investing in myself and, and learned more and got better. And, you know, now. I,
0: you, you, I can't, I cannot put into words how thankful I am that you said what you just said, because I've talked about it myself. I remember solo. I remember one time I was doing a consultation call for uh, a funding program that we have in our company. And I get on the phone with this young lady and I'm asking her, you know, these questions. I'm like, so, so, you know, what are you looking to do? She's like, well, I want a hundred thousand dollars in funding. I'm like, all right, cool, okay. Well, why do you want that funding? She's like, well, you know, I want to start a candle business, and I'm gonna get this a hundred thousand, and I'm gonna put the, you know, I'm gonna get fifty thousand on payroll, and I'm gonna spend thirty thousand on marketing, and I'm gonna do this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, one, I, that's why, that's how I know you're not even ready to get access to that amount of capital. Just listening, because you do not need a hundred thousand dollars of debt mm-hmm. to start a candle business. But moreover, even if you do. There's another side to the, you know, there are a lot of benefits that have that come with, you know, getting access to capital. Like we talked about earlier in the episode, you, you know, you're, if you're structured properly and you're in position, you can get access to a ridiculous amount of funds, but guess what? Mm-hmm. Once you leverage that debt, you know, and you found out the hard way. And I know you're going to have to pay that back. Whether you get a return on that investment or not point blank right. period. Right. So I think that that's the side of funding that a lot of people, that doesn't make it to Instagram. Right, the mm. L's that most yeah. people go through. You get the you get the hundred thousand, the hundred and fifty thousand, to two hundred thousand. And if you're not smart and you don't know what to do with it more, or you over leverage yourself and you invest more than you can, you know, afford to lose, now right. you go from you know trying to create a seven figure business to now you in six to seven figures worth of debt. Yeah. And you will not have you have a, 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 a iota under the sun on how you gonna pay that thing back. Yeah. yeah. Don't talk about that, but it's That's real.
1: That's a fact. And the solution that I found to those for that situation, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty, mm-hmm. Right. What I found, the solution that I found is if you're going to jump into entrepreneurship, obviously you need a great mentor, Yep, you know, to direct you on wherever you're trying to go. But number two, as a safety net, why not buy something that's already making money? Right, Mm -hmm. buy a business if you need 250,000 for your idea. Why don't you go look and see if you can buy a business for that 250 that's already making money? So the business can service the 250 that you take out. Plus, you have a system that's already created that is already making money. All you got to do is improve that system and then you're good, right? Instead of me starting that trucking company with uh, you know, two other partners, we put all that money up and you know, took the L instead. Like it would have been better if we took that money and dumped it into a trucking company that was already making money. You know what I mean? So that's another thing people should consider, um, you know, to look into a business that's already making money as a safety net because it already has a system. It got employees, it got structure most of the time to be making money already. And that's that's another side of entrepreneurship that people don't talk about. Like all the ideas sound great, Ecom, yeah. trucking, real estate, but they don't talk about all the people uh trading stocks. They don't talk about all the people that you know have been in a situation where they overleverage themselves, had to file BK and start all the way over. You know what I mean? Or just overle like I hate it to be paying all that freaking interest. You know what I mean? But you know, you learn, you learn from your L's. You know what I mean? Right. You gotta learn. So that's it. That's it. And and and
0: and you know, like you said, luckily for you. Um, it it, it, it was a test that now you could use as a testimony for other individuals that are coming up under you and also trying to get access to funding to where you're, they're able to see through you. Hey, there's two sides to this coin, right? It's not all that's sunflower, su- all sunflowers and roses. And I think that that's important. Now, if we're diving deeper into this, the just understanding funding, right. Let's talk a little bit more about funding products right? Because you know, and I know it's not all just business credit cards, right? There are Mm -hmm. also lines of credit. You know, we talked about it earlier. There are also, you know, there's corporate credit. There are, you know, lump sum one-time installment loans when it comes to funding. So if I'm someone that's looking to get access to capital, does the type of funding product that I should be going for vary depending on what I'm looking to use the capital for, or does it not?
1: So The answer is yes, it does vary based on what you're looking to use the capital for, but the reason why I do like business credit cards so much is because of the flexibility, right? Um, You know, it's the only product on the marketplace that you can get a 0% interest, um, anything for 12 months, 18 months, right? A lot of people... You know, like, hey, man, I got all these credit cards. What am going to do with some credit cards? Not knowing that they can, you know, use different websites like Plastic.com, Bill.com, Melio.com to send money. If you need cash, send money to somebody else that you trust or send money directly to a contractor or, you know, whoever you're paying, you're even close on freaking houses using a credit card, you know, with services, they can send the title company an ACH, a wire, like credit cards are definitely flexible. Now, if you need cash today, right now, of course, you know, you may want to look into a term loan or a line of credit that's revolving. Um, a big mistake that i'm seeing right now in this space just in general is where individuals are getting these helocs right mm. home equity lines of credit right they're right. getting helocs to uh pay off debt at some some points they're getting helocs to buy a second home start investing in real estate and different things like that not knowing that it's a revolving product right so when you Look at revolving products like lines of credit, any credit cards. You're gonna have to account for utilization, right? A lot of people are getting their credit kind of jacked up and getting overutilized um, with those HELOCs, um, and not taking into account that your credit score will go down some if you if you max out the HELOC, right? So it's just another random thing I'm seeing. But um, yeah, got you, got you. So now from there. Another component where we talk about this funding
0: process, um, funding sequences, well, you and I know that's also a very key component of it as well. For those who aren't familiar or don't re- understand what is a funding sequence and what role does it play in our process of getting access
1: to capital for our business? It's just a strategy. It's just a strategy to learn what or know where to um, apply for like what, where to apply at, Mm -hmm. um, what products to apply for and when to apply for. Those are three like common and big pieces to developing a funding sequence, um, Mm -hmm. to have the best results. Right. And primarily the product may or may not matter depending on, you know, what you're doing in that funding sequence, but you just want to know, you know, what banks are inquiry sensitive, for example, what banks are, you know, you can get a high limit, you know, no doc product from, Um, you know, what, what banks, um, you know, are not DTI sensitive or utilization sensitive and things of that nature um, in certain scenarios. So funding sequences just allow you to strategize on your specific situation or a client's situation when you, when you come across, when it comes across the table.
0: The biggest risk that most entrepreneurs take is trying to build a successful business without funding. But that risk is a reality for one out of every three entrepreneurs because their personal credit isn't where it needs to be in order for them to access that capital. Now, the truth is, you can close the gap between where your business is versus where you want it to be by leveraging business credit. But if your personal credit report is poor, 99% of banks and lenders are going to deny you from doing so. And I should know, because a couple of years ago, I leveraged my personal credit report to get funding from Chase to start my company. And now that very same company, Take All Financial, is serving entrepreneurs just like you that are looking to restore their credit to get access to five to six figures in funding. So if you want to go from risk to reward, click the link above or below this video to schedule your free consultation so that we can restore your credit and put you in position to access capital to build the business of your dreams. Now, the reason why I ask is because when it comes to funding sequences, one of the more common questions I think a lot of individuals have when it comes to figuring out putting either getting access to a funding sequence or creating their own. Most people want to figure out. All right, cool. Where do the how do I figure out where do these banks pull from? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from your experience, there are a couple different ways to skin that cat, uh, but some of them do have caveats that are attached to it. Like from my exp- from my experience, could you speak a little bit to that? If I'm trying to figure out, if I want to create my own funding sequence and I'm trying to figure out, I got the where in terms of what banks I'm looking at and what products they're offering, but in terms of the credit reporting agencies, how do I figure out where, what credit reporting agencies these banks are pulling from? What does that process look like?
1: The easiest and most simplest way to figure out where they actually pull from is by picking up the phone and calling. Right. That's the easiest way. Like, you know, if you want to find out where the bank pulls from, pick up the phone, call them. Hey, my name is Solomon. I'm new to the area. I heard you guys have a great bank here. And, um, you know, you mind if I just ask you a couple of questions, where do you guys pull from? Um, where, where do you guys pull from? Does every product pull the same bureau? Right. Um, you know what you wouldn't do this necessarily over the phone, like keep going, but um, you know what products can I get um with stated income mm-hmm. right? you know, my tax guy's working on my taxes right now, you know, I'll have them done here momentarily, but I'm wondering like I need some cash now, like what products here can I get with stated income, and how much can I get um before I have to provide you know my financials right so just a couple of key questions that you want to ask. Any bank, any credit union, any institution before you jump in, just so you can build out that proper funding sequence and know like, okay, I can go potentially based on my credit, I can go potentially get up to 50K from here or 30K from here. And I go to this next one, stack another 30 and so on.
0: Got you. Got you. Got you. Got you. So then
1: now from there, right?
0: Another, another myth I want to tackle when it comes to the funding process. And this was something that was very prevalent when I first got into the space, from your experience, when we talk about the application process, have you seen a difference in approvals and how much you're able to get approved for when it comes to applying in person with actual bankers versus applying online? Because when I first got into space, the rule of thumb was you got to apply online at three o'clock in the morning because that's when the computers are going to be there. And you don't have to deal with a physical person. And not only are you going to get approved, but you're going to get approved for more funding. So what what has your experience been when it comes to that? Is there a truly a difference when it comes to how much funding we can get approved for when we're applying online
1: versus when we're applying in branch? The answer is it depends. It depends on the bank. It depends on the institution. Uh, You know, some places will allow you to do a low doc product in person and ask for full docs online, right? Um, And vice versa. So the answer is it depends. But. What we're seeing the most success with in our business is building relationships, guys, right? You should have a relationship, um, a strong relationship, right, Um, from certain institutions so you can maximize it, uh, maximize the product offering. And not all bankers are, you know eager or you know looking to grow a lot of people are you know just cool at their job you know they want to make their money and they cool you know so I primarily like looking for you know um eager people if you're an eager person you seen this didn't seen this episode hit me up and I'm looking to build with bankers there right you so you know um but yeah we're seeing that it's relationship based you get insight you know, that you can't Google and you can't look up online, you get insight from directly from the bankers on what type of ratios they're seeing in different industries in regards to like, you know, income amounts and, you know, what, uh what type of approvals can get you know spit out of the system based on you know that application? Um, you get to know like different type of products, you know, just in general that you can that you may not be able to read and understand, you know, fully online. Um, yeah, so I, I'll stop there. I was gonna go into another anecdote, but you know, but yeah, that's that's primarily um, I, we're seeing relate is relationship based now more now than ever, more than now mm-hmm. than ever. You know, I miss relationship base.
0: I love it. So then from there, we talked a little bit earlier about foreign entities. Another thing I wanted to get your take on when it comes to the funding space, I've also heard rumblings about shelf corps and how mm-hmm. essentially you have people that are buying these businesses that are sitting on shelves and that are X amount of years old and you could buy it, make yourself the owner, and then you leverage that shelf corp to now go to these banks with this corporation and get access to 10K here, 50K here, 100K here and beyond. Do you have an experience dealing with Shelf corpse? Is there any truth to the to dealing with these dealing with this strategy when it comes to That's maximizing true. how much funding we can get access
1: to? Absolutely. So yeah, we deal with Shelf corpse all the time. Um it's 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 something it's a tool. Everything is a tool. Foreign entity is a tool. Shelf Corp is a tool, right? Um these are just different tools that you use in your toolbox based on the situation. Shelf corporations, where we're seeing the most success with shelf corporations is no doc products, right? A lot of people are looking for no doc funding. That's your business credit cards and business lines of credit at some institutions, right? Um, So that's where we're seeing the most success with shelf corporations. But again, you want to make sure that the corporation, any corporation is structured properly, you know, and actually has business credit built Um, You want to make sure that it's clean. We typically source uh, shelf corporations directly from the original owner, Um, you know, and that's a great way to, to source them just so you can get the inside take on what was going on with this business, you know, before you buy it. Um, But yeah, shelf corporations, we're seeing the most success with shelf corporations with, you know, business credit cards and business lines of credit. And it's, it's, definitely just a tool that you use in certain situations i always encourage people with like you know businesses um under a year old that doesn't have any revenue you may want to lean towards a shelf corporation if you're looking for 100 150 200 based on your credit profile still um, because you can't rapidly do this without any pg and all that stuff that people throw out like hey can i buy a shelf corp and you know, no PG, no, you know, banks want some sort of collateral, right? No matter what you're doing, you want some collateral. If you're lending money to somebody, you want to make sure that you get your money back, right? You want to make sure that you earn that interest on the money that you're lending, right? So, um, uh, <laughs> so it's important that you understand that you, it's nowhere in the world that you can get something for nothing, Right. You know, that's just not the reality, y'all. So people that be like, man, I heard about all this no PG stuff. You can go to those little Facebook groups um, and see what type of potentials. Type in like get business credit or business credit Facebook groups on, you know, on Facebook. And you can see what people are getting approved for in there. Mm -hmm. Some of them, they're getting like, no, no, no money. You're not getting no real money without a personal guarantee. And a lot of the personal guarantee products, y'all, no PG products are revenue based, right? right. If you don't have, if you can't personally, or you don't want to personally guarantee as a owner of that business, then your business have to be strong enough to, again, debt service, right? Debt service, the money. So until the bank actually determines that your business is strong enough to debt service, you're not getting no real money with no, Mm -hmm. no PG. You might go grab a... Uh, what they be doing the sam's club you know like
0: that uh, uh, no, uh divvy the Divi, Divi. card divvy card, torpago right these, these the the corporate cards where you could borrow yeah. a little 10 15k but one day not even and on top of that not only are you not getting any money but if you go and get those little corporate cards they only let you borrow the money for like 30 days you got to pay back in full
1: exactly and their revenue base right all the divvies and different things like that now they're starting to connect to your business bank account to see how much money you're really making to determine how much they're going to lend you right so um so that's another thing like lending has changed right a lot of people are just regurgitating so much information out there, do this, do that, you gotta have your business set up this way, and different things like that and in certain situations you don't necessarily have to right i one of my one of my students um my girl Candice um we did business credit cards and lines of credit with her. She had a business that was with her home address she had a business that had a normal business telephone number, a cell phone number she had a business. Uh, that was using a normal email, you know what I mean? No info at the business com, Right. And she still was able to get that capital based on the strength of her personal credit. Right. Mm -hmm. So personal credit is the foundation y'all for everything just period right now, you know, um, like I said, again, it's levels to any, anything, everything, and it's certain situations you can use, uh, different things in, but, um, you know, banks still lend to home-based businesses. I'll say that.
0: There you go. My guy, solo the funder. Listen, before I get you out of here, before I get you out of here, because I know you got to go. The money's calling. I see you looking left and I see you looking right. I know the I know the money is coming. I know I know you got to go clear another wire. I know I got to get you out of here. I know I do. Before we get you out of here so that we can wrap this thing up, let the people know where they can find you and also just share some closing words for individuals who are watching this that are looking to learn how they can get access to funding have received immense amount of value from this episode and are ready to take that next step but maybe they're they're dealing with a mindset block right maybe there there's a little bit of fear that exists there there's some individuals that think like they got it there has to be more to it than what solo just broke down on this episode talk to those individuals and share some parting words for them
1: yeah so I would encourage you guys to learn as much about credit as possible. And I encourage you guys to get in the game, start testing stuff, right? Maybe, you know, strategically you apply for different things and test it and, and go read the forums, go into Facebook groups, go gather data to see what's working, what's happening for people. So you can strategically set yourself up for a strong funding sequence, um, starting off and, you know, basically y'all what we, what, like I said, we weren't taught this stuff in school. So it's important for you to get a mentor, get as much information as possible so you can get to that destination as fast as possible, um, which is, you know, being able to set up yourself for utilizing other people's money to create wealth and, um, you know, happiness for yourself. So um, best place to find me, guys, is on Instagram, solo to funder. Uh again, you'll you'll see me on YouTube um here soon. I gotta start dropping some YouTube content. Yes, It'll be yes, at sir. solo the funder as well. Um, but yeah, we got a free class that we do every Sunday, just educating people on uh the funding game, just in general. So I invite you guys to check me out on the free class as well. Beautiful. Listen, my guy solo the
0: funder, I'll make sure I get that link from you as well so we can drop that in the description of this video. My brother, thank you so much for coming on here and providing gems on top of gems. And for you just watching at home, thank you. And if you haven't already, what are you doing? Take a second, take a minute, take an hour out of your day right here right now to just go ahead, slap the like button, show this episode some love and tap in with my guy solo for any and all things funding. But as always, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host with the most Marvin Francois. This is my guy solo, the funder. Y'all have been good. We've been great. This has been amazing. Thank you. And God bless. Peace.